Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Solving the Puzzle with Dr. Datis Karazian, informing you about evidence-based strategies for autoimmune disease, brain health issues, Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, gut health problems, and many other chronic health conditions. If you enjoy this podcast, you can find more information on today's episode and other topics at drknews.com. Okay, so in this podcast, I want to cover what are the common immune diseases that hypothyroid patients develop. So one of the things you have to understand is that if you have hypothyroidism, then there is a greater than 90% chance that the cause of your hypothyroidism is actually Hashimoto's. And Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease. And if you have one autoimmune disease, then you probably have other autoimmune diseases. And the way research has changed in the field of autoimmune research is that they used to just feel that, you know, you have Hashimoto's thyroid disease and it's an isolated dysfunction of, of the gland from an autoimmune response and that has no other systemic effects. And that's not really what current research shows. What actually happens is that when you develop Hashimoto's, you first lose something called immune tolerance and your immune system starts attacking against its own tissues. The thyroid is very vulnerable for autoimmune attacks because it has like really no antioxidant protection. It uh, has a lot of protein similarities with uh, autoimmune triggers and uh, it can be easily going into an inflammatory state from oxidative stress. And there's lots of genetic specific genes that have been churned on by various risk factors for Hashimoto's. One of the best examples being uh, gluten sensitivity genes. So we have an explosion of gluten sensitivity uh, throughout the world because of how gluten's been uh, um processed and pesticides used with gluten that change the nature of the protein structure in combination with the genotype that is common for gluten sensitivity in Hashimoto's that gets turned on. And now we have this explosion of, of Hashimoto's. So what most people don't know is that once they develop Hashimoto's, they really have autoimmunity and they may have autoimmunity to, to many other tissues. So what I want to cover in this podcast are what are the other tissues that typically have autoimmune reactivity occur and how does that present clinically? So let's go into that in some detail. And before I go any further, let me explain some concepts to you. So autoimmunity is basically when your immune system attacks your own tissue, right? And that happens when you lose something called immune tolerance. An immune tolerance is a orchestration of dysfunction where different immune players like B cells and T cells and regulatory T cells and the gut barrier, the microbiome start to dysfunction. And the body starts to think that normal proteins, normal tissues in the bodies are foreign and it creates an attack against them. So that's the basic concept of autoimmunity. Now, autoimmunity has different stages. And stage one is called silent autoimmunity. What that means is that a person, if they have their blood measured, will have antibodies, right? So let's just talk about this in relation to Hashimoto's. So if you have silent Hashimoto's autoimmunity, that means you have no thyroid symptoms whatsoever. You have no clinical indications that there's something wrong with your thyroid. 
But if someone measured thyroid antibodies in your blood, your thyroid antibodies would be elevated. So that's called the silent stage, stage one. Now, that progresses into stage two, which is autoimmune reactivity. And in autoimmune reactivity, what happens is these antibodies start to really cause destruction of the gland to some degree. So now those thyroid antibodies are binding to the thyroid tissue and there's an aggressive immune response against the thyroid gland by immune cells and there's starting to be some inflammation in the thyroid and the person's starting to develop some thyroid symptoms, but their thyroid gland is still healthy. Their thyroid gland, I shouldn't say healthy, their thyroid gland is still able to produce thyroid hormones. So at this point, they're in stage two. They don't have an autoimmune disease yet. They have what's called autoimmune reactivity. And stage three is where the term autoimmune disease comes in because by definition of current standards, you'd only get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease when the tissue has been significantly destroyed, right? And for people that have thyroid disorders, that's going to be when they have enough thyroid gland destruction where they're going to need to take replacement in order to compensate. So that's basically hypothyroidism. So a person goes from silent autoimmunity where they just have the antibodies and no symptoms to autoimmune reactivity where some of this autoimmune destruction is taking place, but the person can still make thyroid hormones to stage three where there's been such significant destruction that the thyroid gland is not working anymore. And that's when they would go into a hypothyroid state. And once they get into this hypothyroid state, they usually get diagnosed and they may only be diagnosed as hypothyroid and not even know that they have Hashimoto's. Um, but what you need to know is that for most people that have Hashimoto's, there's also autoimmune reactivity occurring in other tissues that are very, very common. And one of the most common tissues where you have also autoimmune reactions when with people that have Hashimoto's is an area of the brain called the cerebellum. So the cerebellum is nearing the back of the brain and it's there to modulate um, input from your vestibular glands to where your head is in relation to space, input from your limbs, and help you with balance. So the cerebellum is really involved with coordinating muscle smoothness and helping you with your balance and your, your and, and stability. Now, what happens in Hashimoto's, there's some really interesting things that take place with, with uh, the mechanisms. First of all, they found that antibodies to the thyroid, specifically TPO antibodies that majority of people with Hashimoto's have, TPO antibodies not only bind to the thyroid gland that then leads to immune destruction of the gland, but TPO antibodies also bind directly to cerebellum proteins. So the antibodies to the thyroid actually also bind to the brain and in particular to the cerebellum. And this is through a reaction called molecular mimicry and cross-reactivity. And many people that end up with Hashimoto's may start to have some autoimmune reactions against their cerebellum. And when this starts to happen, they start to get poor balance, instability, vertigo, their car sickness, seasickness gets worse, they get nausea with movement, um, they can even get sound and light sensitivity um, because of these projections of the cerebellum into area of the brain called the tectum. And they may have anxiety when they're in crowded places and they think they really have an anxiety disorder, but it's really a cerebellum issue. So 
that's very common. Also, many people have Hashimoto's, have the gluten sensitivity gene type, or even just celiac disease. And gluten also, gluten antibodies have also been shown to cross-react against the cerebellum. So many people that have Hashimoto's actually get both TPO antibodies and gluten antibodies that also cross-react and attach to the cerebellum and cause cerebellum inflammation and early cerebellar degeneration. Now, one of the clues that you may have some of this if you have Hashimoto's is that you you have vertigo and you have balance and instability issues and your car sickness and all those things have gotten worse. You can even check yourself with your balance and stability. You can close your eyes and stand straight and see if you sway and fall over. You can try to, um, that's called the Romberg's test. You can try to walk in a straight line and see if you lose your balance. And if you're able to walk smoothly with your eyes closed for three steps, heel, toe, heel, toe, heel, toe. And if you can't do that and you're shaking all over the place, that's called ataxia. Those are some of the findings when the cerebellum's involved. Another common finding is that when this area of the brain is involved is people get what are called termination tremors. So if they reach their hand out to grab a piece of cup or they grab, grab a pen or whatever they may be grabbing, right before they grab it, they may notice their finger bounce back a couple of times. And that's called termination tremor. That's another finding with, with cerebellum injury, cerebellum inflammation. So the most common autoimmune reactivity that also co-occurs co- with Hashimoto's is the cerebellum autoimmunity. Okay, so that's that's very, very common. So moving on, there's a few other ones that are really important for you to know if you have Hashimoto's. You should know that um, many people with Hashimoto's have also celiac disease. So not that they just have gluten sensitivity, but they have celiac disease. And for them, eating gluten is going to cause severe destruction of their intestinal cells, and they can get into malabsorption syndromes. And if you have autoimmunity, I'm sorry, if you have Hashimoto's autoimmunity, uh, we know that, you know, it's very likely that you have gluten sensitivity, but not everyone is going to have celiac disease. The way you can measure that is by looking at something called serum transglutaminase. If that's elevated, then that is a laboratory marker that suggests you have celiac disease. Now, if you have celiac disease, you're going to notice some serious inflammatory triggers from gluten. And gluten will be a huge trigger for you. And being gluten-free could be life-changing. And if gluten is a huge trigger and going off gluten makes a big difference, there's a strong possibility that you may have not just gluten sensitivity, but actual celiac disease. So that's another one you should need to know about. And if you have celiac disease and you get exposed to gluten, you can end up with significant and serious uh, malabsorption patterns because the celiac gluten response will destroy the microvilla nutrient-absorbing structures of your gut, and you can end up with severe weight loss, inability to gain weight, and have some serious health problems. So that's the second most common autoimmune target site. Now, those are the two main ones. Like when you look at people that have Hashimoto's, the majority of them have cerebellar autoimmunity and celiac. And then there's some other ones that also occur but they only occur with smaller percentages of the Hashimoto's population. So another one is uh, type 1 diabetes. So many patients with Hashimoto's, and now we're talking about 5 to 10% of, of people with uh, Hashimoto's. They start to get antibodies against their pancreatic uh, islet cells. These are the cells that make insulin. And typically what will happen is the, you'll see 
a pattern where someone's blood sugar levels keep going up despite the fact they're exercising and eating well. So the, the laboratory marker to check for that is GAD65. There's also a small percentage, maybe 2 to 5% of, of Hashimoto's patients that get autoimmune gastritis where they get autoimmune attacks against their parietal cells. These could be measured in blood with parietal cell antibodies. And they end up with uh, severe symptoms of heartburn and gastric reflux that just don't respond to antacids and so forth. There's also autoimmunity that can take place with many of the Hashimoto's where they have Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, where they have bowel ur- bowel urgency and they may even have bleeding uh, when they have a bowel movement and cramping. And there's those that have severe inflammation. Those are diagnosed with what are called ASCA antibodies, ASCA antibodies, or ANCA antibodies, ANC antibodies, or they can be diagnosed with a scope and biopsy of the intestines. So those are really common uh, autoimmune reactions. There's also a group of people with Hashimoto's that would get autoimmune reaction against their skin and have psoriasis or mixed eczema. And then there are some patients with Hashimoto's that really they actually have lupus. And uh, Hashimoto's was the first condition that, that showed up. And what lupus is, is a systemic autoimmune disease against DNA. And many cases of lupus uh, actually show up as a thyroid autoimmune disorder first. And as time goes on, they have severe mixed uh, connective tissue inflammation and their joints hurt and their joints are swollen and their cartilage hurts, the whole uh, spine hurts. Uh, and they typically have uh, also uh, inflammatory heat changes in their joints. And those are all part of uh, the lupus response. And those lupus responses can get really serious because they can lead to other endocrine autoimmune responses or even neural lupus where they get significant degeneration attack against their their brain. So when you have whenever you have Hashimoto's, you have to know where their other symptoms are, like we just talked about, for these other autoimmune target sites. And uh I just wanted to share that with you in a podcast because I think it's really important to understand the big picture of what Hashimoto's is. If you want to learn more about these concepts, please check out uh, Dr. K News, drknews.com. I have lots of articles there. And I also have a program called Hashimoto Solving the Puzzle where we go into all these things in details and have charts and diagrams and booklets and everything to help you understand these pathways. Thank you. You can find all of this information and more at drknews.com slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, readings, and links related to this episode. You can also find Dr. Karazian's blog at drknews.com. The best thing to do is sign up for his weekly newsletter, where he will update you on the latest research and clinical strategies related to chronic and autoimmune health conditions. On social, you can find him on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest with the username Datis Karazian. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. And note, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to the podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. To learn more about Dr. Karazian's disclosures and the companies he advises, please visit drknews.com forward slash about.